Alright, it is episode 6, which means the, the allotted window that we have that goes to all podcasts, that is uh, time you're allowed to be bad, is fast closing. Uh, Try as we may to pry it open. Yeah, we're, we want that. We want to coast into our podcasting adulthood at a, at a crawl. But uh, we know that that time is coming, and in order to do that, we need to, uh, we need to bury the ghosts of our first episodes. Uh, unfortunately, we now rest a lot of our future episodes on many inside jokes that we gave birth to in the first two or three episodes of the show. In a very, like, improv sort of. We did not write any of these. Oh, no. We no, did no, not no. plan them. They, for all you listeners who've been listening since the first episode, the content could not come more naturally. Absolutely. It was, it was spur of the moment. It was spontaneous generation, like the... Like when you like the meat, baby boomers when you leave meat out and it turns into maggots or bi- the baby boomers. So these are our maggots. Uh, we wanted to run down with you guys so that when they turn into flies, uh, you guys know where they came from. Speaking of flies, I think that you got the the best <sighs> intro right there for the flies. That was a fantastic uh, segue that I just did. Hull City <laughs> are without a manager for Sunderland. reasons. Like, or, Sunderland are without a manager. For reasons, for re- I'll take this one. Sunderland are without a manager. They may or may not have used to have David Moyes, who we will get to in a second. But right now, that is just a a power vacuum of a struggle of sorts, similar to but not exactly like Lord of the Flies, the novel from most everyone's middle school. Maybe, Correct. Maybe yes. Maybe you wanna. Um, so Sunderland, uh, we're pretty low on personnel. Uh, started off the season with a lot of kids. And, uh, I mean, some people will say they had a manager. We say no. We, 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 we read through all that uh, yeah. journalistic BS, and we saw that. No, they don't have a manager. And it's Lord of the Flies out there with all those young kids, Gooch, Yanazai, uh, Van Onholt, and... McNair, Love. The Dong, and McNair, the previous holder, Pickford. The previous holder of the conch, similar to Lord of the Flies, was Sam Allardyce, right. a.k.a. Piggy. Piggy. But he was thrown into the seas of English managerial fame. Which means he will now be lambasted by everyone until he is uh, unceremoniously sacked uh, following a dismal draw in some qualifying match. So, to sum up, Sunderland is Lord of the Flies. Correct. Where did David Moyes go? David Moyes? Well, uh, a storied club in red, name of Arsenal, came a-calling for a new manager... And, and who has a more proven track record of uh, taking over the reins of a, of a, you know, old dynastic club than David Moyes? And Arsenal really wanted somebody who could, you know, retain the house style. So they went with the man they knew best yeah. and brought David Moyes in from Sunderland. Yeah, Nate and I, we're not new to this soccer fandom. We're, we're some, we're some weather-beaten, time-tested fans, mm-hmm. and we know the writing on the wall when we see it. We know when we see a a stalwart manager of a club come to the end of his career after trophies and success and who can clean up a team in red like that mm-hmm. and it's David Moyes so we're just yep. you know we're jumping to the point that David yep. Moyes is the manager of Arsenal it's true I've been watching soccer for four years and if it's taught me anything it's, it's those it's those lessons so David Moyes is the manager of Arsenal which is very important to learn what other uh, inside jokes do we have uh, on the managerial point there's two and I'll say them kind of quickly yes. one one thing that's very, very foolish Alan Pardew does is he does not play Matthew Fulmini. Right. And the thing about him is that Fulmini is soon to be 
a, a billionaire. billionaire. A billionaire, which is, that's actually true. This one's like for real, real. That's true. But the joke that we play with is Flamini will what, buy. It's not a joke. No, this is just our, our, our God's honest yes, opinion. Yes, our God's honest, correct, thank you. Our, our God's honest opinion of the matter is Flamini will one day buy Alan Pardew's house and kill him with it. So we're on an Alan Pardew death watch starting from when Flamini signed to right now. And a second story, which, you know what, if a, you are all a Google image away from being knee deep in, is David Luiz is the son of failed ex-soccer wannabe, now turned good coach, Jose Mourinho. Yes. All you need to do is put, like, curved two fingers over David Luiz's hair to see that their facial structures are actually very similar. And since David Luiz's, uh, maternal last name is Mourinho. Yep, We think there might be a little bit of Ellis Island stuff going on there. Uh, the last one that off the top of my head that I can recall is that uh, Mauricio Pochettino looks like a Spanish teacher and uh, Tottenham is a very young team who have a lot of people that look like uh, children and like really low achieving children too. Mm-hmm. And Pochettino is trying to, you know, inspire those low achieving children. Such as Eric Dyer, who is very stupid. He is very, very dumb. dumb look. And Harry Kane, both. Um, two general player ones, Leroy Fur. We are big Leroy Fur fans. Big Leroy Fur guys. Uh, here at Police Force FC, we support anything he does, be it scoring a goal in the rain or buying a racehorse on accident. Or having a spite wedding. Or having a spite wedding and dancing to Loyal. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, second, we're following the narrative, the superhero like narrative of the young Manchurian. Marcus Rashford versus his nemesis, Iniacho, right. from Crosstown Rivals, Manchester City, and how Hollywood-esque it is as Nate, right. an aspiring filmmaker, thinks about maybe making it into a film years down the I road. I someday will make what many are calling the, uh, what many will call, um, a Bend It Like Beckham for men. I think that'll okay. be, that'll be what's going to happen to it. And lastly, I think one that speaks for itself, which we will be, uh, wrestling with, as we all wrestle with when we tune into the Barclays Premier League every weekend, is... Does West Brom care? We'll leave it at that. All right, week six. Okay, let's get right into the nits and the grits. Mm. Chelsea-Liverpool first game. We both saw it. was on Friday. Let's get a three words Friday tonight. night. Well, uh, Chelsea definitely were um, caught unawares. They got they got ran down. They just got outrun. It's, it's pretty clear from the get-go. Uh, they looked very sluggish. Uh, nobody really showed up, even though Diego Costa scored. It's, it was a... It was a un... It was a... It was a flattering scoreline for Diego Costa and the Chelsea attacks performance, especially considering how little their their team did to to help them out. And Liverpool just looked extremely professional uh, for the most part. 
All right, my three words, I'll give it, is... Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, those were my 28 words, so I'm now out of words for three words. I don't want to talk too, too much about this game, because we have a fan of Liverpool coming on the show this episode. Uh, goes just by Durs, no first, no last, no middle name. Just the noise of Durs. Basically, Clint Eastwood in the Dollars trilogy. But I will say, um, Milner and Henderson both played well, and Henderson had probably my favorite goal so far of... Uh, of the season, oh, of this that, young season. That is what I wanted to talk about. And that Henderson goal, how FIFA is that goal? Such we'll, a FIFA goal. We'll, we'll get to that with Durst. The bend on it, incredible. And I will say another thing moving forward, as we will talk about goals, being that this is a soccer podcast, I much prefer a boom, a have, cooking one off from 40 yards out, much, much, much more than, like, say, a Coutinho, twinkle toes in it through the box, playing so well, be- looking beautiful, and then a nice curling finish. A MacArthur sort of finish, if anyone saw the Palace game, which we'll get to. But give me a half from 40 yards out. Yeah, see, I'm a David Moyes man, and I like a cross. A good cross on a Slamini's head. We will get to that. All right, game. Uh, next game we got up, uh, Arsenal Hall. Give us three words this time. All right. Um, I know what your three words are going to be. Oh, you do. Um, <laughs> so my three words in anticipation of that are going to be, God is dead. Literally, my three words, we will, we will split these like an on-trade apple. You want to take them so that I can have, like, build my way back from the yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Liverpool? Your three words now, less in debt. But I will say, for anyone who watched this game, know that Alexis Sanchez was to take a penalty. I believe the score at the time was one nothing, mm-hmm. And an easier way to find it is, this is a penalty that was, spoiler alert, for anyone who has not watched the game, he missed. Mm-hmm. This, was a, mm-hmm. this was a goal that did not go in from the spot. But if you watch the game... Clearly, one player, as Sanchez is about to take the, the penalty, turns his back and claps his hands together in a praying motion and looks up to God, praying that the, that the penalty goes in. And he is not looking anywhere near the goal. He's facing the exact opposite He's facing opposite the exact direction. opposite way, having a moment with God, praying for his team to get another goal, and the goal did not go in. That person praying, Nacho Monreal. This game was a huge, huge loss for Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I, know what? Spanish, I will assume Catholicism. This game was a huge loss for Catholicism because Nacho Monreal prayed yeah. and he did not receive. If, if we have to give our, our, our three winners of the week, my three winners got to go with Nietzsche, Satan, Marilyn Manson, <laughs> and, uh, and the movie Spotlight. Yeah. Getting the big W over Catholicism. The Catholic Church looked awful on a Saturday, may I say. Yeah. They, they didn't even get their full seven days. Yeah. Nacho Monreal just, you know. And then Jaka, who I guarantee you is an atheist, scores a boomer. Yeah. Yeah. So. That X is, is uh, emblematic of, of he denies religion in his last name. And that's just, uh, that game was the Crusades, really. It was. Hull, it was. Hull Arsenal were the Crusades. Uh, Lester Burnley, uh, two words, Slamini's head. Anyone that knows anything about Slamini coming into him going to Leicester is that he is one of the best players in the world heading the ball. He did it for seasons at uh, Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And true to form, first game, gets two goals. I don't know if both were headers, but one was just like... Both were headers. Both were... Uh, one of them was, was Mares put in a, a lovely Moises-esque cross, mm-hmm. which Jamie Vardy then... Back heel kissed across the goal, and Slamini Slamani headed it in. It was it was full credit to Jamie Vardy for doing a, a very tiny but almost imperceptible but fantastic little bit of technique there. Yeah. Uh, my three words in this game. Once again, I have no words because I'm going to speak from the Burnley perspective. Okay. And there is nothing to say about Burnley. Love so, that. You're slowly crawling out of debt. I am just like my student loans. <laughs> I will be out of here in seven years. <laughs> 
uh, City Bournemouth, a game you and I watched together. We what? got most of this in. Let me just, I want to say that, like... I, I will give you my three words. Okay, go I will ahead. loan you. No, I will loan you my three words. Oh, you'll words. loan me three words Because I know that this? you had many opinions watching this game, and I want, it's f- fair to you, I know you're in debt a few words. Mm-hmm. Take my three words, use them now. Okay. Um, Ihianacho. Which is one word. One word. For you sticklers at home. Plus, not not just as a dollar, an addition sign, okay. right? So not a word. Plus Sterling. Okay. We're at two right now. Equals still not a word. Still not a word. Messi. I think they're I think they're two. I think you get you you get them on the same field and they they can equal the output. In, you, in you, due time. no point was De Bruyne thrown in there. Uh, De Bruyne's good for now, but we're looking uh-huh. at franchise players. Yeah, they're gonna build the team around. Yeah, I don't know if De Bruyne has that franchise sort of. No, no, I see. I see Guardiola playing a four-four-two with two false nines in in Ihianacho and De, and Sterling and building the team around them for the future. Do you want to say anything about Bournemouth? Um, Bournemouth. Had some had some counterattacks, but no. Yeah, no, Wilson didn't play much, did he? No, he didn't. Plus mm. my sixty nine minutes. <laughs> so yeah, he's does he has he I don't think he's played sixty nine total minutes yet. No. Jack Wilshire. I mean, once David Moyes recalls him, we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, is he <laughs> is he a Moyes type player? No, he's not he's too short. <sighs> Moyes needs the trees. What are the trees from Lord of the Rings? The Ents? The Ents. Yeah. Yes. That's Arsenal of the future, is the Ents. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god, Slimani and Mares to Arsenal next uh, summer. Put that, oh, throw that in the stable. Put right. that in the stable, you can, you can, yeah, lock that one up. Uh, West Broom, West Ham. West Ham's sneaky, and we'll get to this uh, with a Sunday game, but uh, I've, I've got two people on the hot seat, and it's Slavin Bilic, and another person to be named later, who Nate, Nate's looking at me, he knows who the next manager on the hot seat is, but Slavin Bilic, very low-key, is in the most hot water. Mm-hmm. Very low key. This is this is a uh, one of one of my takes that is falling from the sky like Icarus. That we've had West Ham aiming for the top four, and now we have them aiming to get out of the bottom three. They are currently mired in 18th, and they are shipping goals to a team that until today, no one should ever care about. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that after the uh, after the interview. Okay, fair. Um... Everton Middlesbrough uh, on record, I did say this was going to be the game of the weekend. You know what? It probably wasn't, but really there wasn't a game of the weekend, so I'm gonna stick with my take there. Yeah, see, we we argued about this. Uh, this was uh, gonna be the game of the weekend until absolutely nothing happened in the second half. Great first half, though. Great first half, and I truly don't think uh, anybody crossed a ball or shot a ball or made a tackle. During the second half, I think they kind of just uh, stood in. They ran line. the clock out. They shook hands. Yeah, they just kind of like had that. They that QB kneeled. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They had that snake going where you shake hands at the beginning of the game, but it just kind of like kept going like an Ouroboros. Yep. Eating itself. That's what happened. But uh, Everton are very good now. Um. Sunday games. Watford Manchester United. I woke up and watched it. Everyone knows who listens to the show. I'm a Manchester United fan. A lot of people actually. And thank you to everyone who's hitting us up on Twitter at Police Horse FC. Thank you to everyone. That's back, like it actually really does help our confidence actually in making the show. Gotta say, mm-hmm. Durs uh, follows us. Durs, who again we will get to, but Dur- uh, not Durs who said this, but other people have been asking my own take on Wayne Rooney because Wayne Rooney. If anyone who saw this game, or even if you YouTube search Wayne Rooney versus Watford, you will find a pretty, a pretty succinct 
minute plus uh, some change clip clipping of Wayne Rooney playing awful, and it should he be benched? And the answer is Wayne Rooney should not play the next two league games. Take that to mean what you think it means. He could come back. I mean, within Wayne Rooney is a world class player. Hasn't been on the field since Fergie, or no, yeah, for, yeah, the year that he, it was him and Van Persie up top, then he was world class. But it has not been on the field since then, and I don't. I'm not saying you should sell him. I'm not saying you should, you know, take the captaincy away from him. The guy's like what four goals away from Bobby Charlton's record at the club. That's got to be so frustrating. Yeah, but he can't play. I should. I would not play him against Leicester, and I would not play him against whoever we play after Leicester. Who who played after Leicester? Uh, I don't know who they play after Leicester, but I would just. You got to sit him those two league games and just see what happens. We have number tens at the Ying Yang, and either Mikatarian, Lingard can play in the middle, Mata, Herrera, and. Just put Pogba in there with Carrick and just let's do that and see what happens. I don't, I don't think the conversation is, should Wayne Rooney be benched? I think it's he has earned a spot on the bench. Do you uh, do you think he should be playing against Northampton tomorrow? Yeah, I think he should play up top, and I hope he gets two goals for some confidence because he played so badly against Watford. Is he, how, did he play dog food bad? Oh, absolutely. I would definitely say he was Dog food of the week? Dog food of the week. Yeah. Um, uh, can you? Are you gonna boil that down to three words? What I everything I just said. Yeah. No, it, I'm now in crippling debt with you. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. So as a result of that, uh, I don't know if there's. I don't think we can talk about Spurs Sunderland or we're gonna have to pick one game and not talk about it all from the other future games because I'm not gonna talk about Man United because I'm again trying to pay my way out of debt. Okay. Let's let's leave Southampton Swansea out of this because Leroy Ferdinand scored, but it's a one nil. Yay. Yeah, we we're right about that take. Overdue for a win, overdue for a loss. Yep. Say that. Yep, definitely. Definitely actually on point on that take. Um, Pau Stoke, here's what I'll say, because uh, I hinted at it earlier in the mm-hmm. Saturday game. Yeah. Mark Hughes is the second manager. He is. Very uh, on the hot seat. And I watched him be on the hot seat during this game. They let two center backs score against them. Center backs, a.k.a. center beans. A.k.a. center beans. People who are tall. Tall people scoring against Stoke. People who haven't had to think about shooting in years mm-hmm. scored. Mm-hmm. Although Scott Dan has like eight goals this season so far, it should be pointed out. This season, huh? He's got a lot. Scott Dan's been getting getting after it. Certainly last season he also did, but also this season. And then Tompkins also scored. Uh, Andrews Townsend played out of his mind, uh, which is, you know, some people... Uh, it, he's definitely going to be... Uh, he plays well... One time, and it's the most, it's the opposite of what we said about Danny Rose, where we said anytime Danny Rose does something noteworthy, no one notices. Where it's like anytime Andrews Townsend does something noteworthy, people notice seven things that Andrews Townsend did noteworthy. Oh, right? okay. He gets a lot more um, acclaim outsized for what he added. But uh, Stoke were abject, they were, they were garbage. Um, managerial dog food. Is my three words on Stoke? Um, yeah. So, a hot seat to watch out for moving forward is going to be Slavon Bilic and Mark Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, two top ten finishers last season. Just You can't really predict it, can you? And two good teams on paper. Yeah. Oh, very good teams on paper. Uh, Southern Swans, we're not talking about. And the only thing I want to talk about is Sunderland Spurs. Uh, I mean, Spurs, Sunderland's Lord of the Flies. Yeah. We know they are not yeah. going to do well. Mm-hmm. They are literally without a manager. True. This is true. I would love to know the furthest a team's ever gotten in the Premier League 
without a manager for an entire season. Well, whatever it is, it's probably farther than Sunderland because they currently have, what, two points? Yep, there you go. They're quite bad. But a segment that Nate and I are beginning this week is, and it's one that's been in Nate and and my friend group for a few years, and a a special shout-out to the few people, let's give this to Louie, Tooch, and Jax as the phrase... At least one of them might listen in the future. Yeah. And I'm going to say the phrase is, by knees. Taking out a knee or two, just straight in there, your legs meet their legs, there is a crunch, someone's going to get hit in the showers with a red card, but all that matters is that you took out a knee. And we have our first installment of the by knees of the week, and that is Harry Kane, who is also on the death watch with he... Alan Pardew and who is the other one on um, the death watch? It's just Alan Pardew. Oh, right? I was going to say, is Eddie Howe on the death watch? No, Eddie Howe. Wilshire... Is Jack Wilshire going to poison his uh, coffee? Okay. N- nope. Because <laughs> he's Joffrey. Uh, Wait, I... no. Who's the who's the uh, the midget in Game of Thrones? Tyrion. Tyrion. Uh, Wilshire think... low-key is pretty small. Eddie Howe low-key is blonde. What's Let's think about that. Mm. Okay, all right. We'll get to that okay. one later. Yeah, no, by news of the week is definitely going to go to Harry Kane. He lost his knees. He will not be able to play for at least two months. Mm-hmm. I feel very good about my under 14 goals prediction for the season. Yeah, yeah. But you do, I, I mean, you do hope for a speedy recovery. It does mm-hmm. stink to have that happen, especially yeah. with a good young player. Especially when you got to start Vincent Jansen from now on. Vincent Jansen. just like all game was just hooking it into the top row any chance he got. Got this sort of two-on-one with Eric Lamella, who played like a man possessed this game, and then just absolutely just slowed it down immensely. Don't trust Jansen. Uh, one thing I do want to say um, about Tottenham, i got three words I'm going to spend here. Okay. Um, learning their verbs, right? Okay. Or learning their nouns. Okay. They're learning their nouns. For everyone, keep in mind that uh, Tottenham is taught by Senor Pochettino, a Spanish right. teacher. They've learned their nouns. Tottenham have conceded two goals in the first five games. They are the best defensive team in the game, in the in the English game right now. And that, to me, is they're learning their nouns. And now, as they go forward, especially without their, their star pupil on the verb front, they're going to need someone else to step in and really make sure they put those nouns with some verbs. How low-key funny would it be if Lomelo from Argentina didn't speak Spanish? Oh, my God. Because who is who's Spanish who is Spanish speaking in the starting 11? Other, no one other than Lomelo. No one other than Lomelo unless, like... So is he teacher's pet or slacker? Ooh. Is he the bad influence? Yeah. And goes, you guys don't need to learn this. <laughs> I know all this already, and it's not yeah. that helpful. Or does he feed them, like, the wrong words? Hey, let's, let's table that the way we're going to table uh, Will Shear and Eddie Howe from Game of Thrones. Yes, it's the... <laughs> the, the... The content will continue to make itself, people. We cannot make this up even if we try. Yeah. It's just in front of us and we're we got to eat uh, it. We're going to start a subreddit for all you guys to check out. That's just going to be a list of all our inside jokes. Um, but now we're going to kick it over to a an interview. Our first ever Police Wars FC interview. With Durs. With Durs, resident. A remote resident. Remote, good point. Remote resident, Liverpool fan, soccer fan, and friend of the show, good guy.
everybody. This is the first ever interview to ever happen on Police Force FC. We have the uh, a resident. What, what was the word for it? A remote, uh, remote resident. A remote resident Liverpool expert. Remote resident Liverpool expert. Just Durs. No first. No last. No middle name. Just Durs. Durs, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'll take the expert title happily. Excellent. And uh, how? What's what's some background? How long have you been a Liverpool fan? What made you become a Liverpool fan? Um, that's a very good question. I would say since 2006, that's when my allegiance really started. Um, Damn. Watched the 2006 World Cup, got really into it um, with my boy, uh, Jay, uh, Jay Reardon. Um, shout out to him. He will certainly not listen, but shout out to him all the same. Yeah, screw um, you, Jay Reardon. So yeah, we became big Michael Essien fans at that World Cup. Um, nice. And then... The following year, we bought FIFA 06, got into that as well, um, and he would always play as Chelsea to play with Essien, and I, you know, picked another team to play with. So it, it's a really a, a FIFA story. That that's how it started, but just fell for uh, the Liverpool team. They had Crouch at the time, which was fun to play Ooh. with, and of course Stevie G. For a long time, I was a bigger Stevie G fan than the Liverpool fan, but I would say. Around 08-09 in that title challenge, it became something bigger than that. And now I'm completely hooked. Why Stevie G over uh, Lampard and Scholes of the time? Um, not sure. I mean, I like teams that play in red. Um, and it's funny, my mom actually at one point accidentally bought me a Manchester United jersey because she just thought, oh, he likes the red soccer team. <laughs> um, shout out, mom. Um she she means she means the best, but uh, I don't know. It was kind of just random um, how it happened. Um, but I also oh here here's a fun little anecdote. So obviously starting to be a Liverpool fan in 2006 rather than 2005 was a huge error because <laughs> in the past like 20 years the biggest moment is obviously Istanbul, um, but. Um, then in 2007, I remember the like leading up to the Champions League on ESPN Classic or something. Somehow I just saw they played the Istanbul game, and I was like, "Well, that's incredibly cool." And then it was a huge disappointment um, in terms of the 2007 final because we actually lost to AC Milan in, the, in that final. But it's all good. I mean, I, I huge Rafa fan. Um, and detest Roy Hodgson, and I don't know. Seen a lot of managers come and go, but I'm pretty excited about Klopp. What do you think Looks of like Rafa at Newcastle? Rafa Newcastle is very exciting. Um, I had no doubt that he would um, stay with them and go down to the championship because, really? yeah, I mean Rafa, he when he goes someplace, he really buys in. Um, I don't think he's one of these like short-termism um, types of managers. Because he really wants to build something, and I mean, the way he was at Liverpool, he bought into the culture, he bought into the city, um, and you had the feel like he still has a house in Liverpool and still is an it's active where his, part it's of where that. That's where his family is, isn't it? Yeah, that's where his family are. That's cool. Um, so, um, I just had a feeling like he's going to stick with Newcastle and he'll bring them back up. I mean, if they don't win the championship, it'd be Huge disappointment, but uh, they beat Wolves today in, in the F in the Capital One Cup. Don't we're big Wolves fans on the show. Just yeah, I've got a soft spot for Wolves too. Mm-hmm. 
And then, uh, Darius, before we get into the questions, one thing we'd like to ask uh, anyone on the show, give us the spine of your team in your heart, your heart of hearts, striker to goalie, and who's the manager? Who's, yeah, who, who's Liverpool's answer to Michael Essien? <clears throat> um, okay. Um, this is, again, going to be largely influenced by the Rafa team because that's that's really when I got into it. But Nothing I would say um, Pepe Reina at goalie. Um, I would say Agar and Carragher. Mascherano, um, Chabi Alonso, and Stevie G, best midfield in the world. And then uh, striker, I have to go for Suarez. The classic 2-3-1. Yeah, I absolutely loved Torres, but I don't know. That was the first like real heartbreak I had in this uh, whole football supporting business. And uh, But then Suarez, although he really in the end did a similar thing, like stayed at Liverpool, um, had an incredible time there and then just left for a bigger, better, you know, opportunity. Um, somehow it felt better about Suarez cause he like went to Barcelona, not a direct rival. And, yeah. um, I mean, he almost took us to the promised land. So still love Suarez. So you're on the record. Suarez, better guy than, than Torres. Better guy. I Good. think Fernando's misunderstood and, um, yeah, I'm excited to um, see but what it, he says now. As like that, more time has gone by. Actually, but if you there, had I to get a, if you had to get a beer with Torres or Suarez, oh Suarez, absolutely. Okay, sorry to cut you off. No worries. Um, playground rules. You got first pick. Everyone from Liverpool is on the field. From your like past and present, who are you taking first, Suarez or Stevie G? Uh, Suarez. Okay, is he your number one off the off the line? Yeah, I think oh, yeah, the important definitely. thing there is playground rules. Playground rules, are, yeah, play a big. He can get, he can Suarez get, is big for playground rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't handball that. He'll and pick up no re- some, like, yeah, no ref in the play, play, playground. He'll pick up so. some sand, and that's going in somebody's eyes. That's just gonna happen, and there's no one will see that. Um, all right, Darius. So we were talking a little bit earlier about questions. So let's let's hop into them as as easy as a transition as this <laughs> as this now is that I've made it. We should ask about the about the game on Friday. Yeah, what did you think about the game on Friday? Chelsea-Liverpool. Um, to be honest, fully expected. I think um, we could have been better even. Um, and I don't I don't think that that was even Liverpool at their best, but just in periods of the first half, they were so much better than Chelsea. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty telling that a team with all the, you know, offensive talent that Chelsea has and, like even though they had a bad season last year, they still have you know Hazard, Costa, Fabregas, who's John Terry, who people seem on to the forget. Mm. All that talent, they still line up in a way that's very much, and this is at home in a in a way that's very much trying to stop Liverpool from what they're going to do, rather than trying to you know impact the game um, proactively. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but I don't know. The Reds are just too good sometimes. Um, no, it was it was a great game. Um, I've actually, uh, what was I going to say? I think the second half, um, I I liked, I think after the game Klopp talked about being like a little bit disappointed in the second half and how they could have been better, but it's good to see a Liverpool team that can um, kind of grind out a result. Like they had the two goal cushion, they conceded one goal, but then it never really looked like Chelsea were going to score again. They were just putting the game to bed. Um and I respected that. I mean, they were 
taking fouls when they needed to. They were, you know, wasting time. All of that was really good to see. Okay. And do you think Liverpool's had the hardest start to the season playing Chelsea on Friday, as you said? Like, though they did come <clears throat> mid-table last season, they are an incredibly good team, especially on paper. Do you think Liverpool's had, because it's been debated, is it the hardest opening to a season of any Ever. <laughs> Ever, yeah. Um... I don't know. I haven't paid too much attention to like how the fixtures have lined up for any other teams. Um, I think it's been tough in that it's been, you know, three aways down at the three best London teams um, with Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea. And then also um, Leicester City at home. Um, four tough games out of, the, out of the first five. It's funny that the one game we didn't get a result in was against Burnley. Um, but mm. yeah, I would say that's a tough start. I don't know if it's the toughest start or uh, I wouldn't really want to compare it, um, but definitely as tough a start as I can remember being a Liverpool fan. I think that's the most diplomatic interpretation of it that I've heard because most of the other interpretations have been, this is the hardest start of all time. It's yeah. very tough. And this weekend, who, uh, who do you guys have this weekend? Um, we have Hull City coming up at the weekend. Could not get harder. You come up against, at home. You're coming up against the country of Scotland in Snods. Yeah, Bobby Snodgrass. Oh, well, Jake Livermore did get a red card, so he'll be out. While you're talking about players individually, Durs, what's your what are your thoughts on players in Liverpool who are getting not enough credit, maybe too much credit, like individual performances? Reassign some of the the the, the plaudits. Um, okay, I like that. Um, I think Mane, as good as he's been. He's probably getting a little bit too much credit. Okay, screw mine. Um, I love that. I think, well, I absolutely love him. I, th- I think he's um, a great addition to the team. But in a way, I think they probably could have signed um, a handful of players that do a dim- uh, like a similar type of role. And it would have had similar results. Um, because... A lot of last, I mean, they scored a lot of goals in the second half of last season, but still they had a lot of players that were all like the same speed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mane offering something different is key to like creating some space for Bobby F and uh, Phil Coutinho. Bobby F is Robert Robert Firmino. I will say that. Yeah. Thank you uh, for love Bobby F. Bobby F is not getting enough credit. People still think he's a fluke. People think he is. Uh, weird hair and his teeth are too bright, but uh, I think he's. Some say he looks like Pidgeot. I think he's incredible. I think he does look like Pidgeot, but also a bit like a horse. So he, he's confused. Oh, in terms oh of... horse clop. Clop. His, uh, <laughs> his animal resemblance. Um, I also think James Milner's not getting enough credit. That's well, yeah. funny enough. Actually, earlier in the episode, know, I... we shout out James, or I shout out James Milner. Yeah, no, I believe that, that Milner is a. Is a workhorse who does all the the little things right and a Clydesdale of sorts. It's yeah, I mean the Clydesdales are are, are real. They're hip hop style horses to me. I think they're all they're all glitz and flair, whereas uh, uh, James Milner is more like a one of the horses that tilled the soil in the Dust Bowl when when our ancestors were settling this great country. I mean, boring Jimmy Milner is out there playing left back. And he's like 31 years old, and he came to Liverpool because he said he wanted to play center, central midfielder, and he wasn't doing that at Manchester City. Uh, and somehow Klopp has convinced him that uh, he should play left back. And I think the fact that he's doing that and isn't, you know, complaining and is, is doing a really good job there is all uh, very impressive. Durs, do you think 
Klopp is sending the wrong message to kids by only signing players who don't pass, only shoot, and play no defense? Um, yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Do you, sure. do you also think that there's a chance that at some point this season, Jurgen Klopp is going to injure one of his players during a celebration? Agreed. Do you find that reckless? Excellent question. Um, I think it's more likely that it injures himself, honestly. Uh, did you see him on uh, Friday doing like the Shia LaBeouf, just do it type of motion? Yeah, I did see that. It, I mean, it's not very good radio, but it's excellent. Everyone should check it out. Now, we do say, we do tell people to Google things that they can't see a lot. So that's like a that's a staple of our of our podcast. It's part of your staple. We believe it's great radio. It, yeah. The best radio you can't see or feel. Mm-hmm. It's all about you the, know it. It's all about the notes you don't hit, like jazz. Um, so Durs, Jurgen Klopp has brought in a lot of players, and he's sold a good amount of players. As a Dogleash, as did Rogers. We need your starting eleven for August 2017 for Liverpool FC, and we need at least, if it's not already in your mock-up, hopefully. Two new players in the starting eleven. Minimum two realistic transfers. Now you can define realistic however you want to. Okay. Pogba came back. Maybe Suarez is free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'd I'd be more than happy about that, but I don't think it's gonna happen somehow. Um, <laughs> okay, that's an interesting question, and um, I think part of why I'm so excited about Klopp is if I look ahead, you know, twelve months starting next season, I don't see a huge need for change. Uh, I mean, we're only five games in. Maybe something will be borne out in, during this season. But um, if I had to say starting 11 for next year, I think um, Loris Karius, who got his first start today, by the way. And uh, speaking of people you should Google, definitely Google him because he's a beautiful man. Interesting um, that you didn't pick Brad Guzan. Is, <laughs> I'll remember that. Is he close friends with Justin Bieber? I think I think they've definitely like uh, been on Instagram together. Boris Carriers like and Justin Bieber have been on Instagram together. One of the one of Wait, maybe really? yes, one of the most very 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 hidden things about the Premier League. And credit to Durs for showing this to me in May. Justin okay. Bieber and Loris Carriers are friends. This is a new plot point that we can work with. Yeah, it's very odd. Two tatted blonde uh, gentlemen, but Loris is way more uh, attractive. I have to say. Damn. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Loris will be firmly the number one by then, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, Nathaniel Klein will continue to be the right back because he has right back tattooed on his forehead. Um, Joel Matip, these are all existing players. Right. Yeah. Matip and Lovren. Um, I think as as you much as I was just giving Milner. Uh, yeah, I trust Lovren absolutely. Um, because Klopp's here, and you know he's resurrected him. He didn't uh, take him out back and shoot him like some people were suggesting. Like you do with an old bad horse. With an old bad horse. Pop, um, pop, pop, pop. Thank you for keeping would, the horse puns. Oh, yeah, I'm doing my best. Um, I think uh, Milner will. I think they'll probably find a replacement for Milner at left back, and I'm just gonna go out here and say it's gonna be Ricardo Rodriguez, primarily just because I like him. Um, I'm saying they should get another center midfielder and convert him back there. See, see what like <laughs> for, see what Fernandinho is doing. In the event that center midfielders don't want to be left backs, I will say, pretty good. I mean, if the experiment works so well, you you might as well pick up Marouin Fellaini and see what he can do, or Daily Blind to keep it in club. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Fellaini is doing just fine at United. I'd rather keep him there. Damn straight, he is. This is not a segment about United. This is a Liverpool segment. 
Hey, you brought him up. Nate. <laughs> uh, midfield will be Emre Chan, um, Jordan Henderson, the captain, and um, Mahmoud Dahoud, who they wanted to sign this summer and didn't get. But I think um, Klopp still got his eye on him. This is not in the know. That's just uh, that's just what I think is going to happen. Damn. So All right. new signings are Rodriguez and Dahoud, and then up top will be Mane, Sturridge, and Bob Yef. Uh, Damn, but nowhere in the... on the pine. Damn, actually, yeah, take out Hendo, the captain. No longer the captain. <laughs> yeah. Hand the armband to who? Wow, collective memory here, real short. He scored a world-class goal. Does that count for nothing to you? <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's not a problem because we'll be back in the Champions League. We'll need lots of good players. Because I haven't even mentioned Lalonde. I haven't mentioned Wijnaldum, Divock. And uh, Lucas Leva. You know, he has an assist. There's no point doing uh, starting 11s because it's all about the, the squad, you know. Love all that. right, so give us your second 11 then. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Darius, we got, we got a game for you. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, we've kept this within your, your realm of Liverpool knowledge. This is a game of old school, Police Force FC tradition, starting now with you. Also, thank you for being the... Tales old as time. A, a little round of applause for Durs being the first ever guest on the show. Durs, this pleasure. is... I'm going to edit in some applause. It's going to be great. Durs, this is a good old-fashioned game of who's bigger. Are who's you f- taller and who weighs more? Are you familiar with this game? Um, who's girthier, sure. yeah. And it's not so much about girth. Are you ready for this? It, you know what? I think by playing it, you will get it. Simple question. Durs, who's bigger? John Arnrees or Ryan Babel? John Arnrees. Interesting. Interesting you say that. He's wider. He might be a couple inches shorter, but he's definitely a wider boy, and I think he weighs more. Well, love that you said love, Nate. What were you going to say? The opposite is true. The opposite is true. May I? John Henry's Durs. John Henry's famous left back from Norway and for Liverpool. Durs is six foot two, weighs one hundred seventy pounds. Are Ryan, you kidding? Ryan Babel is six foot one, weighs one hundred and eighty seven pounds during his Liverpool days. So you had two opportunities to be correct there, and you got none of them. You were I was wrong for, on both of them. You're zero for two right now. So Ryan Babel, shorter, weighs more than John Henrys. All right. Should we do the, uh, the the ones on the current team now? No, we'll, we'll finish the, the way, comparisons. In, okay. in the well, realm of Googling things, Google Ryan Babel rapping. Yep. Fantastic. Ryan Babel did have a rap career. Have I? Do, I didn't know about this. No, you did not know oh, about Oh, whoa. Ryan Babel had really, a rap it, career. That might be pre-2012, uh, Nate. Uh, probably. It for sure was. Yeah. I'll check it out. Uh, Nate, take the second one. All right. So, um... Who's bigger, and I'll tell you, it's by a whisker, Martin Skirtle or Daniel Agger? Ooh. Um, Famous center back pairing. Skirtle. That is correct. Skirtle is 6'4", weighs 179 pounds. Agger is 6'3", 174 pounds. Famous center back pairing that almost never played together. Exactly. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Injuries always kind of got in the way there. That's hilarious. Uh, this this one, eh? No, I think you'll know this one. Colo Torre of Torre Brothers fame, and, and Yaya Torre and Steven Gerrard. Oh, okay. Um, Stevie G's walking at six one, and I think they're the same size. I think they're the same size. Can you? Can you? Okay. Can you give us uh height and weights on both? Um, I, I'm gonna say they're both six one, 
And Colo, I mean, Colo's got a fat ass, so I'm going to say he weighs a little bit more. I'm going to say he weighs 180, and Stevie G's 175. All right, I'll tell you right now, Steven Gerrard is six foot zero and weighs 183 pounds. Colo Toure is five foot ten and weighs 168. No, he is not. Yes, yes he, he is. is. He's look five foot ten. Look it up. I saw. I was like, I remember Liverpool That's game last incredible. week. I was like, damn, Colo Toure is weirdly short, and he is five foot ten. Steven Gerrard is in every way bigger than Colo Toure. Yep, weight, height, maybe girth. You never know. So you're saying Colo Toure is like the Ivorian. Uh, Cannavaro. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, not a, not a wrong way of saying it. I remember watching Colo Torre play and go, there's smacks of Cannavaro in him. Uh, there's, I miss Colo. We're getting, now, the rest of these are going to be... Colo. All right, we got lightning round now. Lightning round, current players. Current players on the squad. We'll give you the height, you give us the name. Height and weight, give us the name. Cool. Nate, you go first. All right, 5'9", 165. Uh, why not him? Incorrect. The answer is Sadio Mane. Shit. Next one. Six foot four, 192 pounds. Uh, Joel Matip. Wrong. Simon Mignolet. Jeez. Uh, 5'11 and a half, 164. That is... I'll give you a hint on this one. The half can refer to the fact that he has been played in a false nine. That Bobby is... F. Correct, but that half that makes no sense, Nate. Nine and a half. <laughs> like a nine and a half. Okay. What that, that's, oh. you gotta guess? He just said he just said it. Oh, did he say it? Yeah, he, he got it. Bobby okay. F. Okay. Uh, also Police Horse FC, anyone listening now, for, from now on, Roberto Firmino will be Bobby F. Robert F. Kennedy. Uh Durs, next player on the gauntlet, five seven and a half, 150 pounds. Cooter. Yep. Correct. Another thing. Phil Coutinho is Cooter. Uh, there's some famous historical person that's got that name. Just, It'll come to me. All right. 62185. 62185. That's probably uh, Dexy Lovren. Yes, it is. Oh, bravo. Three in a row. All keeping uh, score at home. He is three of five, our friend Durs is. Uh, Durs, 62168. Wiry frame. Hmm. Six two one sixty eight. Is that the captain, Jordan Henderson? Would love it to be, but it's not. That is one Danny Studge. Oh, Danny Studge. All right, last one. He was on his tiptoes when they measured him for sure. <laughs> last one five nine one forty six. Skinny boy. Um, that might be Nathaniel Klein. It's, uh, it's Lazar Markovic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know we were talking about Benfica players. I mean, sporting Lisbon players. Uh, they're uh, they're all under the 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 tree of. Yeah, you bought them. Yeah, you break them, you buy them. Um, so Don't telling talk to me about the Lazar, score, I, I can't get over that. I wish he was still at the club. Telling up the score that is the horse uh, that got away. The horse that got away. Th- that is, I think, five of a possible six out of a possible thirteen points, which uh, by any classroom score is an F. So, uh, but Senor, Senor Pache's class in Senor Pache's class, we allow Bobby F's. Okay, yeah. So, your grade is a Bobby F, a Bobby F 11 and a half. You get I'll an 11 that, and a yeah. half. You get, we give you a for the next round. 
Yes, you, we'll put you up against. Uh, we'll put you up against uh, two. Should have them do Crystal Palace players. Hell yeah! All right, Darius, where can our listeners find you on social media? Anything you want to share in terms of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook names, anything like that? Uh, they can follow me um, on Twitter. I'm Andy Morocco on there. Um, generally talking about how Liverpool is going to win the league. Um, that's really the only one that matters. My Instagram game is uh, is crap. And, um, yeah, so just, just Twitter. All right, perfect. All right, great. Thank you very much, Urs, for coming on. Round of applause. Absolutely. Love the show. Thanks, man. Yep. Peace out. Talk to you soon. And that was Durs, longtime fan of the show, good friend of the show, and an overall, you know what, one of the better Liverpool fans I've ever met in America. I think my number one. Just a good old-fashioned fan of the sport. Yeah. Uh, Nate, you have a point that you've you, you've been going back and forth with for yeah. a long time, a yeah. story you've been willing to tell, and I love I love giving you the floor when there's a story you got to tell. And it, ha- it goes back to last weekend's games. So, yeah, the dominant... The dominant storyline for me of this season, um, which I think should be the dominant storyline of most seasons, but has only now come to the limelight because it's been such a long, dormant question, is, of course, does West Brom care? Now, does West Brom care is predicated on the fact that they usually don't do anything particularly interesting against teams in important games, and they tend not to score a lot of goals. What we had last week was a game against... West Ham, who, despite their defensive and midfield issues, can get a lot of goals going, and were a high-flying team of last year, and they went to sleepy old West Brom. Can, can I say thing? It's an interesting game of West Ham can score a goal at any time, and West Brom can deny a goal at any time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like no, West absolutely. Brom is defense. West Ham is maybe not goals, but creativity. Absolutely, they are. The, it's the definition of a free-flowing, adventurous side who are trying Rabonas and a team of Darren Fletchers and Johnny Evans playing left-backs. And they put a four-spot on West Ham. And Nasser Chadley was involved in every single goal. Uh, what team did Nasser Chadley used to play for? You know, I think he used to play for... Uh, uh, hold on. T- oh, it's um, file and cabinet. There's a... Uh, Wigan. Um, similar to... Was it the T? Was it the T? Um, uh, Tynesdale? No. Tem K. Dons? I think... Tottenham. Oh, that's right. And what he was a goalie for Tottenham, right? Uh, Niz, I I beg to differ. He was a midfielder who used to play on Tottenham. He was a midfielder who used to play on Tottenham. Yes, and similar so to weird. but not different than Luka Modric and Gareth Bale, current Champions League medal holders. And also similar to Tom Huddleston, Jake Livermore, Ryan Mason, and you name it, other players who are currently very cool. Scott Parker-esque cool Andros Townsend. Yeah. It's almost like, oh my god, he's a Tottenham midfielder that's that's cool. I just... That's so bizarre to me. I don't know where that came from. Mm -hmm. Um, But out of nowhere, he has suddenly made it so that I am now forced to care about West Brom. And of course, like, in the question... Nasser Chowley. Yeah, Nass- yes. well, yeah, it's a team of Nass Chadley now, and he's going to make it so the next week, like, and the weeks coming forward, like, West Brom are, are going to guarantee have to score, like, negative four goals. If there's any sense of balance in this world, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. 
Chadley in this 4-2 win not only scored the two goals, he had the two assists. Yeah, involved in every goal. goal. That's, Directly involved in every goal. That is crazy. That's that's like some Suarez numbers. That's Is he the new Suarez? We don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe Durs. Bring him back in. Yeah, I'll bring in Durs talking about Nasser Chadley. Um, but yeah, keep, keep an eye on that space. Just another thing to think about. Does Brom care? We care a little bit right now, mm-hmm. I'd say, but... We don't know if Brom. Cares. I'm. T- I'm very. The thing is, all my care comes from fear. Mm-hmm. I'm scared because I know that there is some reckoning in place. Uh, but with that in mind, we're gonna move into some brief uh, previews of what we want to look out for next weekend. Uh, let's just do a quick game of the week. Yeah. Okay. My quick game of the week is gonna be Arsenal Chelsea. David Moore's going up against the big London rivals. I, you know, I'm curious to see how it goes. Chelsea's wounded. Arsenal, I still feel, are papering over cracks. This, mm-hmm. will be, this will be a game that tells all. I'm curious to see how the two clubs get on in the wake of both Mourinho and Wenger leaving the clubs. Mm, interesting. Yeah, they're both losing two of their, like, each club's best man. Well, they're losing the essential uh, core of the rivalry now. What does it turn into after this? Because as you recall, there was a Chelsea-Spurs game last season that ended in rather acrimonious fashion mm-hmm. and caused how many? Nine yellow cards in the six match ban and I could see that becoming the new uh, North London rivalry in the near future especially if Arsenal continue to falter so then who's your game of the week oh it's it's being mine is Arsenal Chelsea West Brom Stoke I mean you've got you've got a team that's overdue yeah I mean great great game I think this is like if this is if Mark Hughes is on the hot seat this game is the hot bench West Brom are on the hot seat because they're overdue to to have something cataclysmic happen that returns them to uncareable status. Thinking in Nasser Chadley yep. uh, uh, pulls his, uh, gets his appendix burst on the field, and so I think there's so much, just so much to lose, so much at stake in this coming up game for both sides that I can't help but guarantee the least entertaining nil-nil draw you've ever seen. To your game of the week, I'm gonna say. If Stoke don't win this fire, Mark Hughes. That is my hot take. You, Nate, you've cooled on the hot takes a little bit. My yeah. take will be if Stoke do not win this, this is the game to win. Yeah, I did actually want to say before we got away here that I'm, I'm, it might be a little bit quiet for me on the take game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm batting about, I'm batting 500 as most take take masters are. It's, it's a game of inches, really, but you know. The misses, they, they, they're too much, they, they hurt too much to bear because I think if everybody listened to the show that bases their baseless claims off of my baseless claims to appear the most braggadocious and intelligent of their soccer watching friends. And for me, I just think I might have to go back to the drawing board and make sure I can continue to deliver those results. But I might have to cool off on the take game. I don't know about you. Uh, I won't. And I know as, as, as a co-hosting ship, we, yeah. will not, we will not stop being edgy. No, 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 never. Yes, it, it was. It was a general. You were a little self-conscious of your own takes. Yeah, I will continue with my own takes for those. And you should. Home. You should. But we will not stop being edgy. You will just cool off a little bit on the takes. Right, right. I'm gonna look for new ways to innovate because what do we know? We know that failure always equals success. Absolutely, everyone from Alan Pardew to Sir Alex could tell you that. Absolutely, and everybody from David Moyes to David Willie, Moyes. Uh, yeah, from from <laughs> yeah, David Moyes to David Moyes could tell you that. 
All right, everybody, but that's our uh, week five wrap-up and week six preview. We will not have a... We will not preview the episode. That was just a little bit of a... I'm saying we will not, like... Yeah. A yeah. general little look forward. Yeah, right. But we will come back for week six wrap-ups wrap and absolutely hopefully some takes and some innovation. I mean, I always go back to Rooney. I think we're, 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 we're holding on to him. We don't need him. We've got... We had, like, six number tens on the pitch today. But we were We were um, the problem with that, we lost the game because of our field. I can't believe I said that. He's still trying to be uh, a holding midfielder, attacking midfielder, he ain't got the leg for it, do you know what I mean? So, Marina needs to grow some balls and tell Rooney, fix up or f off now. You need, you need Pogba to understand and feel free that he can just go run riot. Seriously man, I could use the money to buy Griezmann right now. Buy up clothes, buy up clothes, buy up clothes. I'm serious, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious, I'm serious. I'm serious. And I don't like when people disrespect Rooney, man. I love Rooney. 